Hello, welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and today I'm here with George Ortega, David Joseph, and Michael Walsh. Um, and I believe we were going to be talking about how we come to understand that we don't have a free will, and also the subject of punishment. David, you want to uh, Michael, you want to present you know, your your basic thesis on this, or you know what you want to explore within it. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, although I was actually kind of hoping other people would go first. I don't want anything I say to influence anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we know it always does. That's the whole point. It, it does. I know. That's the thing. So, um, but uh, yeah, so this is my first uh, podcast here. And uh, whenever I'm surrounded by, by people who have come to the same conclusion I have, it's, I'm always curious as to how they came to that conclusion, by what process, and if any of those things were very, very similar to how I did. And so uh, I always ask people, you know, George, in our, our meetups, I always go around asking people, you know, like, what are your thoughts on free will? How, if, if, you, if you don't believe in it, why? Or if you do believe in it, why? And you, it's amazing the kind of answers you hear people say. Uh, I know uh, Nick, I think that the guy Nick, who hosts the uh, the show with you for a long time, George, that's, yeah. that's his name, right? Nick? Nick Bale, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he, had a, he had a very interesting answer when I asked him how he came to accept free will. I, you know, Nick is the kind of guy who jokes around a lot. I don't know if he was serious about it, but here, here's what he said to me. He said that um, over the course of his life, he realized that he had not been very successful in, in many of his endeavors, in his personal life, in his work life, and so forth. And then he really, and then at some point during this process, when he realized he wasn't that successful, he kind of reasoned that, well, it couldn't be, it couldn't have been my fault because I'm a really smart guy. So it must have been that I was determined to be. I don't know, a loser or, or someone who's not that successful. And that that was how he came to accept that free will was an illusion. And I looked at him and I, at first, I honestly thought he was kind of joking around because, you know, he, he jokes around a lot. And I, I asked him a little more and he seemed kind of serious. And I was like, well, okay. I, to me, I didn't really think that that was a good reason to conclude that there's no free will. I mean, he's essentially saying like, okay, uh, you know, my life's not th successful. It couldn't be my fault, so it has to be determined. I mean, okay, <laughs> the conclusion may be true, but I don't think that's a a a, a good way to get there. I mean, because I, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty uh, you know thoughtful atheist, and I I engage with religious people all the time on the internet, and I ask them all the time, like, how did you how did you come to uh, believe that God, or how did you come to believe in your particular religion? And a lot of people, you know, you hear all kinds of answers. Some of them are really, really, really bad. You know, some of them are, are such like, you know, I was feeling really, really down one day, and uh, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I was drunk and on the street, and I, I passed out, and, and I woke up, and I realized I was sleeping right next to a church. And then I looked up, and I saw the cross, and, and that's how I came to realize that God exists. <laughs> and, I, and to me, that's a, to me, that's a very, I, 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 I know I have a guy, a friend of a friend who, uh, who I knew I, I, I was hanging out with him at a, at a party and I literally asked him how he came to God. And that was the story. He, he was literally, he was in, he was in Spain 
and uh, and he was he was feeling like crap one day, and he he was drunk and he passed out, and he and he he woke up and he realized he was passed out on the side of a church, and that's how he came to believe that God exists. And I was like, <laughs> that's very that's a, that's not a very good reason. I mean, especially in Spain, there's probably a church every half block, you know. So I mean, I, I always ask people how they came to to believe what they believe to be true, whether it's their whole worldview, their beliefs on God or their ethics or their, you know, the free, their views on free will, free will. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting to me. And I, here's how I personally came to, came to see the non-reality of free will. So like most people, I kind of had the intuitive, naive belief that, Free will is is true, like we all do. It's kind of the everyday common sense view that most of us all have, you know, that we have free will regardless of whether or not we believe in a God. You know, we have this natural intuitive sense that we have free will and that people are moral agents who um, are in control of their 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 beliefs. We are the the, we are the beings, are the agents that determine that, and we we kind of sort of inherited this from Descartes. You know, Descartes had that kind of dualistic ontology. You know that that you know our our bodies are one form, one part of us, and our minds is separate. So you have this dualistic ontology. There's mind and there's matter, and his view was that the mind controls the matter that the, the 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 mind is kind of like the man inside your brain who's pulling a bunch of switches and pulleys and levers and he's controlling the body and that the body is really just kind of like the 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 vehicle and the mind is like the driver of the car and you know so the mind is really controlling things the car is really just there to 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 allow the mind to navigate through a physical world and it's really just there you know it, it doesn't have any causal control or anything so we all in western culture essentially have inherited this basic view and i believed it i bought it for a long long time and uh i was uh i, I encountered a few people on the internet that i was uh on various different blogs and websites who I was like interacting with, like in the comment section. And there was this one guy who I was having a, a debate with and he was an atheist like me. And, and I was, he was a determinist, you know, and he was arguing against uh, free will and we went back and forth for like months. And uh, I kept pushing back, you know, trying to make the usual arguments like, well, you know, if there's no free will, then there's no response, moral responsibility at all. You can't make anybody accountable. You can't have a legal system. You can't have a moral system. And I kept pushing back on this and he kept pushing back and he kept having like really, really good arguments. And he kept arguing that the idea of free will in and of itself is not coherent. It's not something that. Uh, can be made rational because if uh, if a belief pops into your head, how are you in any way? How could you have chosen that? And you know, and Sam Harris expounds on this a lot. You know, in his his latest book and a lot of his talks and lectures, you know, he says, well, if uh, you can't have a thought about a thought before you have a thought, and so we are not in control of our consciousness. Ideas and thoughts literally just pop into our head. I mean, they have a causal mechanism that goes before that, but in our consciousness, they appear, and we have absolutely no control over that. And to say that we have some kind of libertarian free will, that we're in control of our thoughts, it doesn't make sense given the fact that 
we cannot choose what we what thoughts we have. You know, it's it's just impossible. And then I started getting into the evidence from neuroscience. And over a period of about maybe a year to a year and a half or so, I kind of teetered from being a pretty firm believer in free will to being kind of agnostic to then moving on over towards the other end of the scale. And now I'm pretty convinced. And the evidence for neuroscience is really what kind of sealed the deal for me. And all the evidence from neuroscience, going back from Leibit from 1983 and his initial experiments to all the evidence we have given, you know, uh, fMRI scans of the brain, every single um, reliable scientific experiment shows that the brain chooses what you're thinking before you're consciously aware of it. There's no exceptions to that at all, every single thing. So it's either a few hundred milliseconds or it's up to 10 seconds. Every single experiment, whether it's choosing a button or, or, or actually doing math, uh, there's an experiment that was done just a few years ago that shows that people who are doing mathematical calculations um, it can be determined by their brain scans using fMRI uh, imaging that uh, a scientist can determine what you're going to calculate in your brain before you do. Uh, and I don't know all the details of it. I think I sent you a link to that in, uh, in one of my emails, George. Uh, but the combination of free will not being logically coherent, given the nature of things and our consciousness, and all the scientific data showing that brain determines thought and that, that our consciousness is already predetermined before we're aware of it. That's what led me to accept that free will isn't true. And in some ways, that's the easy part. But the hard part, in a way, comes from all the philosophical problems that you now have to consider given no free will, which is, you know, legal, legality and morality and stuff like that. And I think that, um, you know, a good argument can be made for, for moral responsibility and how a judicial system would work given no free will. And to be honest with you right now, I don't know what, what, your, what your other positions are, but there's essentially two positions a, 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 a person can make who doesn't believe in free will. Uh, either you can be a hard determinist or a compatibilist. Uh, and so personally, I'm kind of an agnostic on either of them. I think that you can make really decent arguments for both. Um, and so I'm kind of in between there. I haven't really decided that. And so I'd like to also hear your guys what, what your positions on, are on on those two main positions that one can take who denies uh, free will. Yeah. Um, it looks like Felicia Hogan joined our call finally. Felicia, yes. are you there? Finally. Well, I, I... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great, Felicia. You've joined us in the middle of a podcast, but that's just totally fine because um, – you probably heard some of that. We're talking about – right now we're talking about how we came to understand that free will is an illusion. And you record – Felicia, you recorded an excellent video about that. And so oh, – you. Yeah, so – yeah, and yeah, George showed – linked me to that video a long time ago, and that's how I found you and all. Um, so yeah, people should definitely see um, – her, her video related to free will and human responsibility, but maybe Felicia could just briefly sum it up for us here during this podcast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, myself and my entire family struggle from, with depression, just chemical imbalances in our brain. And I found that that affected 
a lot of my choices, behaviors, a, a lot of my life. And it wasn't out of any decision of my own. It was just chemicals in my brain. And then when I was in uh, a social psychology class in college, we were talking about how different sections of the brain control different things, including anger and rage. Specifically, we went over a experiment where they put an electrode in a bull's brain then deliberately made it angry and then shot a small electric pulse through that area of the brain, perfectly calm. Just like that, turned off those emotions, that anger, that that rage. And so that's when it occurred to me that clicked really, that all of our emotions, everything that we do, everything that we think, our behaviors are out of our control. There are different areas in our brain that are doing their own, you know, biological functions that affect us. And uh, so that that was the start of that. Yeah, that that's that sound that makes a lot of sense because basically our brains are electric chemical processes, and so things can be turned on and off electrical impulses. So I think that fits in with the whole us being machines and robots sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we've heard from Michael Walsh. We've heard from Felicia. Um, I, I mean, so which of the rest of us should go next? David, I, you want to go? Uh, sure, I can go next if you want. Okay. Uh, uh, bring it back to what Michael was saying as well. Um, I've heard Sam Harris mention about uh, that sometimes the things that we believe in, we uh, we don't always believe them for the, the, for the right reasons like um, we, we ascribe certain reasons to our beliefs but sometimes we quite often we can be mistaken you know so a lot of what we believe comes from some kind of subconscious uh, you know something we've experienced and we just can't recall it consciously if, if that makes sense I don't know if, if either of you have heard um, Sam Harris talk about that but uh, for me, anyway, um, I, I started out just uh, just generally, you know, believing in free will, being raised and indoctrinated into into that kind of way of thinking. And uh, I was exposed to uh, the Zeitgeist movement. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yeah, uh, great movie, absolutely. Yeah, the, the the first one that I watched was called um, Zeitgeist Addendum, and in that they touched on um, the fact that we're we're influenced by our environment. And, uh, you know, we don't really get to choose how we react to things. So uh, it's kind of like in that sense, we were all kind of victims of our environment to a certain degree. And then from there, I, uh, I kind of just stumbled across Sam Harris and his talk on free will. And that kind of sealed the deal for me, to be honest. I think it's really interesting that I've heard so far everyone uh, mentioned Sam Harris at some point in time and I'm curious to hear what he said because honestly I I have never listened to him talk about free will and I only I only uh, I only heard Hitchens a few weeks ago so I'm way behind on the atheist speakers and authors so someone fill me in yeah hey I can totally fill you in on that Felicia because first of all I have read Sam Harris's book um, titled free will twice I've read that book twice Really? Also, George Ortega 
uh, and Nick Vale did a series of episodes on exploring the illusion of free will where they sort of read through basic parts of it and talked about his book. So it was like, I don't know, four or five ep episodes just devoted to Sam Harris's book. So that's a good way. That's a good way. If you're not sure if you want to buy the book yet, you can still you can find out basically the idea. Plus, Sam Harris is all over YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in I'm in the middle of a research project on the historicity of Jesus, so I'm hesitant to start reading another book. But if uh, if George, if you could send me the links to some of those episodes, I'd really love to get caught up. Absolutely, Felicia. But you know, I think ideally, like Harris has given a couple of um, talks. They last about like you know seventy, eighty minutes sometimes, and in different venues you know, to atheist groups um, sometimes. So I'll send you a link to that also, you know, just so, so you can hear them all firsthand. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, and, and I could just say a few sentences here about Sam Harris, um, what he says about free will. The only two proposed solutions are that either our thoughts, decisions, whatever, um, stem from prior causes for which we're not responsible for, or they're completely uncaused or random, in which case we're not responsible for them either. So the human responsibility thing falls apart either way. And so Sam Harris is in agreement with us about that, <laughs> obviously. And then isn't there also, there's one other um, big atheist speaker who takes the opposite view. Yeah, Daniel Probably Dennett. Daniel Dennett. Yeah. yeah. That was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dennett is a Dennett is a compatibilist, and Harris is a hard determinist, and that's where they would degree, uh, disagree with each other. Okay, and then I haven't actually looked into any labels as far as what I as what I believe. So, can you guys give me some definitions on those? <clears throat> yeah, totally. Like a hard determinist is well would basically be someone who's like, well, everything's absolutely caused. Whereas you might have somebody like Trick Slattery who's an incompatibilist, meaning that either caused or uncaused things don't allow for a free will, but he's not necessarily saying that everything's caused. Um, okay. but, then a, but then a compatibilist is different than either a hard determinist or an incompatibilist. A compatibilist is like, well, yeah, everything we do is caused by stuff outside of our control, but it's still us doing it, so we have free will. <laughs> and I think that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. The kind of definitions that Dennett uses would, get, would give a plant free will. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it would give a computer program free will. Skype has free will because even though we are causing the Skype program to do what it, it does, it's still the Skype program to which we're talking, so Skype has free will. That <laughs> explains why it's been like it's out to get me lately. Yeah. <laughs> it's been plotting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> as far as how we've come to understand this, this no free will thing. Okay, we've heard from Michael, Felicia, and David. So either George or I could go next. What do you think? Which uh, I'll go, uh, Chandler. Then you can you can wrap it up. Um, all right. So, all right. Basically, in my life, I think the first time I I thought about it was as a kid. I think it was in elementary school and like you know i think like most of us we were taught like well yeah you're supposed to love people you know <laughs> you know love people that was and that sounded great right but then like when you know when that would occasionally come up you know in conversation with the kids and all 
But then some kid would say, but you can't love Hitler. No, <laughs> you can't. And then like, so there's that idea that there's certain people that you're not supposed to love. And then there's this idea of hell. Not only that you're not supposed to love them, but that there's, there's a place that where horrible people go to spend the rest of eternity. And the other belief I think that you guys are familiar with is, is um, the belief in... in um, well, yeah, the, the, the belief in hell that, that this basically, that, that God, no, no, the belief that God is all good, right? I mean, we're, you know, if, if you were raised religiously, you know, God is all good, God is loving and all. So I'm trying to, wait a minute, like, somebody does something wrong, you know, real horribly wrong, but they spend the rest of eternity, which is like eons and eons and eons, like, suffering horribly. So anyway, I'm trying to put this stuff together, and then... Then I kind of like, I'm thinking about like Hitler and these guys. And, you know, like, again, I'm like, you know, maybe like eight, nine, ten, I don't know. But, and I'm just beginning to question this. I don't think I, I at that time, thought really directly about this, the topic of free will. But just, you know, just it, my, my, my thought at the time, though, was like, you know, you know well, you know, these, these like really horrible people in the world, at some time they were infants and they were toddlers. And I just couldn't conceive of, of a naturally, fundamentally evil toddler, you know? So, so like, you know, I think that was, that was the beginning, the beginning of my, like, beginning to question what, what stuff is, you know, whether things are up to us or not, you know? And, I, and then I think Mike, Mike, interestingly, um, I think just like Nick Vale, I think, and, you know, as an adolescent, um, a teenager, I think, you know, I was into like self-help books, like speed reading and stuff, whatever. And I noticed with a lot of it, I wasn't very good. And so I said, Something's going on. So, so yeah, there's a couple of influences, just this idea that, you know, how do you explain when, when people do, you know, really wrong things? And just the other part is that like, you know, wait a minute, you know, like if we had a free will, you know, whether, whether we wanted to be a, a guitar player or or an athlete or something, hey, what would stop us from, from being really great at whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are, is that your explanation, George? Absolutely, yeah. yeah and then later oh. on, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I'll, 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 I'll tell how I came to it. Because for me, it took a while because I was, a, I was an idiot. <laughs> but it wasn't my fault. Um, so, <laughs> so here's the thing is I started, you know, questioning, you know, Christianity that was taught to me about, you know, everything, you know, the omnipotence and omniscience and that sort of stuff, but then also trying to figure out the free will thing. So I had this interesting t take, you know, I thought, hey, well, we have free will, so therefore God doesn't know the future. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was along that line of crazy. Um, but I start, once I got into the free will topic, I started seeing, oh yeah, everything has a cause. But it took a while for me to get that, wait a minute, even our decisions have to be caused. It's not like anybody chooses something for no reason. And, and that's the thing is I, I realized something. Um, for me, it, it, it was heavily tied to my deconversion from Christianity and that sort of thing. But I thought about it. Wait a minute. Nobody, um, nobody um, you know, prays the salvation prayer to accept Jesus and be a Christian of their own free will. No, there's a cause. Somebody scared the hell into them, literally, <laughs> and said, well, if you don't pray this prayer and you don't believe the right thing, you're going to hell and you're going to burn forever. So I go, oh. 
Well, yeah, they're just trying to avoid the pain, the fear of that. And the hedonic imperatives, which George explains so well, um, is, you know, yeah, we seek pleasure and avoid pain. And you realize that what people eat, um, with the people that we spend time with, um, the, the beliefs we have about anything, religion or otherwise, any belief we have, all our actions, we do what feels good to us. And we avoid that which feels bad to us. And I realized, yeah, pretty much everything that I'm doing is dictated because I have no choice but to do what I want. <laughs> and, and yeah, that sounds odd to people, but they say, hey, but just choose to want to do something different. And but that's what I realized. Wait a minute. Well, why doesn't everybody just, you know, choose to stop having sex then? Why doesn't everyone just choose to be asexual? Think how much money they would save so that they could watch My Little Pony or eat watermelon or something like that. You know? And so I started thinking I started thinking along the lines like how George says, like, well, if I had a free will, I'd just be blissed out. Because that's to to me, that's what free will would be if it existed. That you could choose your feelings, you could choose your emotions, you could just make yourself happy. You could make yourself feel whatever you want. And if you make yourself feel whatever you want, well, then you don't have to you don't have to have the uh, you don't have to have medication for your depression. You don't need to you don't need help. You don't need anything or anybody. So that would be what I would call true autonomy or or self-will or free will is if you could absolutely choose to feel whatever you want, believe whatever you want, and therefore do whatever you want. So in order to have the freedom to do what you want, you have to have the freedom to believe and feel whatever you want. And but here's the deal. What determines what you want? <laughs> what causes you to want something? And you realize that your genetics and your conditioning, your nature and nurture, you know, everything in your past determined that you would want to do a certain thing at a certain time. And so I realized, what? <laughs> yeah. This, so, I, so I look at it as a hard determinist and I think choice is an illusion. People say, oh, I made a choice to do this. And I'm like, well, dude, no, you didn't because you didn't choose to want to do that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's – I mean that's kind of summing it up how I came to realize this is whack. And, and we got you know billions of people walking around this earth thinking that they're choosing to do whatever they want. Like they really think it would be possible for them to either eat a banana or an apple at any given time. But hey, what do they want to eat? What determines they want to eat that? You know. And but I also just want to briefly mention it goes much deeper because if the only decisions that we were talking about were about eating an apple or an orange or banana, who would care? <laughs> who would care if about the free will topic if it weren't for that? No, we're talking about what causes people to do things such as start wars and and you know and what influences you know economics and all sorts of political policies i mean that's where it gets interesting because then it gets into well each person has their religion that teaches them this system of morality and they're in this culture which t which teaches them this is right, this is wrong. So you get two different people from totally different countries, totally different background, and then they're fighting with each other and being so hostile and hateful to these other people because they're like, oh, this person chose to be bad, when really neither of them chose to be what they are. 
So by overcoming the free will thing, I'm just like, hey, there's no need to be hating people. Nobody chose to be what they are. <laughs> so that's how I, I like to explain it. <laughs> Where are we on time, George? Uh, we've got about two minutes left. Darn. Ah. <laughs> well, we're gonna Felicia. We're gonna do another one right after this. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess I was wondering. Uh, the shortest thing that I was wondering actually would be: Does I've noticed that a lot of people have mentioned free will in their deconversion process? I know uh, it was a big part in both Chandler's deconversion and mine. Do you guys think that free will is tied specifically into religion? I personally um, do. Well, um, yeah. It depends on the religion. Because uh, even within I, Christianity, I, you have two camps that are for free will and, and camps that are a camp that is not for free will. Um, the majority of Christians, though, do believe in free will, like a libertarian kind of free will. Because otherwise uh, and, God's a sociopath. Sorry? I said, well, yeah, because otherwise God is a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, Felicia, as far as answering that, about whether, you know, uh, free will is tied to religion. Well, here's what I think, is I think that religion is something that stems from the free will belief. Like that the belief in free will is required before you can have a system of reward and punishment, heaven and hell, all these different ideas. Because you have to have the humans to be fundamentally responsible um, in some way in order to feel that they even deserve reward or punishment. So all religions, in a certain sense that I know of, at least the monotheistic religions, fall apart without the free will belief. And if people had never believed in free will to begin with, the religions would never have even formed. Of course, Michael mentioned that there was... Uh, a sect of Christianity, especially Calvinism, that believes yes. in predestination. And it's just that those seem to fall away as our sense of morality and empathy and community continues yeah. to evolve. Yeah, you so know, the Calvinists like, are... Yeah, yeah it, Calvinists it, kind of a, you know, a, a real a hardcore Calvinist, like not the wishy-washy kind, you know, like you're typical like wishy-washy catholic you know who says they're catholic but doesn't really do anything about it but like real deal calvinists who take uh the calvinistic interpretation seriously they own up to the fact that god is a dick and in, in their view like yeah god is a god predetermines us to go to heaven or hell and for those of us who are determined to go to hell so be it we're just meat puppets basic and god's in control yeah there are some people who honestly don't mind worshiping a sociopath i think that's a really good point yeah, yeah i uh, <laughs> i've met a few people like that uh at my my very 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 first meetup that i ever went to which is about uh almost three years ago or so uh there was this guy who came by and he was a very very hardcore fundamentalist christian and he was trying to preach the gospel to us but do it very subvertly and uh, I, he gave me his card, and uh, we were talking on the internet, and he's like, yeah, you know, I worship a sociopathic god, and I don't care. He just totally Whoa. just accepts that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, but Felicia, but yeah, um, one thing I want to say really quickly since we're running out of our time here about the Calvinist system is it still requires free will because it still requires God to have a free will to be somehow choosing the, to even 
make the humans God's puppets. Well, what what causes God to do what God does? So then you still have the problem. It's still a free will belief system, except well, that God has the free will, so the humans. What a fun question. If God is real, does he have free will? Ooh. And George, yeah, George, yeah, George is really big into that topic about how can God have a free will? Guys, no, think maybe of, it's not his fault he's a sociopath. Yeah. Right, think, we should, yeah. Let, if, if we define God as omniscient, that means God knew a billion years ago not only what we'd be doing today, but what also what God would be doing today. So that kind of locks him into it. So I don't think God has any more free will than we do. That was a really good thought. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so funny. I think that's a really good place to end this particular podcast, I guess. We talked about a lot. Okay. Um, Okay, you've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion, and this has been a great discussion about how each of us came to overcome free will belief and also how it's not God's fault that he's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>